0: Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Thanks as always for listening in today. We're going to be talking about solar, photovoltaic, or PV energy today, and any of you who visit regularly visit the GreenLivingIdeas.com website, you'll know that that's a very strong area of focus for us, and really a strong area of focus in general for sustainable and green living or off-grid living. Uh, many different applications, and solar holds a lot of promise for renewable energy and getting off of our dependency on oil, uh, particularly with regards to uh, you know the home home environment and I have with me today to talk about this topic and get us up to date on the solar industry is Dan Thompson, who is the founder, president, and CEO of SPG Solar, which is a West Coast-based solar installer. They are actually uh, one of the industry's most experienced developers, designers, and installers of solar photovoltaic, or PV, systems for both homes, small businesses, as well as large scale commercial and government facilities. Uh, They were named one of Entrepreneur Magazine's Hot 100 fastest growing companies in America. So Dan, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Well, let's just jump right in. Uh, to, you know, this, The solar industry is a very, very hot market. Uh, we're hearing about it all the time. And I'm just curious, it's gotten so hot now, you kind of have to wonder, I mean, do you see there being a potential here of this industry bursting kind of like the dot-com bubble happened?
1: Well, that's a good question. A lot of the financial people uh, kind of have that question. But uh, in in my opinion, Uh, we're going to have a a tremendous shortage of uh, qualified people and companies that can actually install the systems. Um, They're working through silicon uh, issues on the front end of uh, PV panel manufacturing, so a lot more uh, uh, capacity coming online. So I I don't see it as a a boom or bust, uh, even though it experienced some of that probably in the 80s. We have quite a mature uh, industry now.
0: And, you know, I know that the U.S. has uh, certainly moved ahead with its deployment of solar solar and its embracement of solar PV technologies, but we're still lagging behind places like Germany and Japan. What are we not doing that places like Germany and Japan are doing? Because I don't think that Germany is necessarily a lot sunnier than most of the U.S. I don't think it's that. So can you kind of maybe shed some light on that?
1: Yeah, there's a, I think the short answer for that is it's really policy. Um, it's the utilities, uh, incentives. Uh, a lot of the countries you just named work off of a national feed-in tariff. Uh, basically what that means is any PV system that you construct, whether it's on your own property or you lease it, and you tie it directly into the utility grid, uh, they will pay you a fixed price per kilowatt hour of generation. And that's a very simple um, f- straightforward uh, process by which you can uh, develop and install PV systems. Uh, here in the U.S., every town, utility, state uh, is different, and it's a, it's a little harder to navigate through it. Uh, so we just don't quite have that that type of policy yet in the U.S.
0: So I, I take it then that California is ahead of the game with regards to solar and the incentives around deploying solar in, in homes and businesses? Uh, Yeah,
1: that's true. One of the key incentives really are from the utilities, which is net metering. It allows you to interconnect the solar system on your home or business uh, and tie it directly into the grid. And when you're uh, not using all the energy you're producing, it literally runs your meter backwards, and you get credit for that in the dollar value that you can use at night or during winter months when you're not producing as much energy. And that tied along with um, ratepayer incentives through the utilities. Uh, and some state tax credits that we've had, we've seen those kind of um, move away. And currently the uh, federal um, investment tax credits, which are due to expire at the end of 08, and we just haven't had a tremendous amount of success getting those um, extended. However, it's we're still
0: working on it. Mm-hmm. So, what is the climate like for your average homeowner or business owner? Well, let's we'll, we'll start with the homeowners. What, what is the climate like right now, uh, financially speaking, to do a solar or PV deployment in the home? I mean, is it a good time to do it?
1: Yeah, it's you know every year the the, the incentives and the and the reasons for for going solar have have moved around a little bit, but each year it's, there seems to be a very uh, a very good uh, strong climate to do it. Best of all, I have it on my own home, uh, is I don't have an energy bill, an electrical energy bill. Um, At the end of the year, it trues up. So I've hedged against the increase in in electricity uh, over the five and a half years I've had a solar system installed. Um, The incentives, again, they do change a little bit, but uh, they're exempt from property taxes. Uh, There's a whole uh, list of, of reasons why going solar is a good idea.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to agree with you. And in full disclaimer, I have a solar PV system, uh, on my house and also green talk radio, green is solar powered. This podcast is solar powered. And, uh, it, it's great because it, it literally that's the fantasy, right? Of solar PV is to re- spin the meters backwards or, or any, uh, you know, self-generated energy. Um, is to be able to spin the meters backwards and defeat the, the massive whopping energy bills that we all get every month. Um, is it, is it really that? but I know in our case, I mean, it was like, you know, it was that initial nut to crack of, of, you know, paying the upfront costs of the, of the system. What's the story there right now? I mean, is that, is that getting better Are the costs going down? Where are we on in terms of that?
1: Well, I have two parts to that question, probably two answers. Um, one is the the for instance uh, when I'm at work my solar system right now is running and I'm I'm putting juice out on the grid and I'm really kind of supplying my neighbors with electricity um, that that they pay me for um, the cost of solar um, isn't necessarily going directly down the cost of energy is going up unfortunately it it drives a lot of cost of uh, fuel and um, commodities things like that uh, you know what was the second part of your question I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I think it was just in terms of the costs going, oh, you know, yeah. where are they going, or the solar panel right. costs. Right, and, and
1: there's a, a, a number of financing vehicles out there now from from leases, uh, second lines of credit, and the interest rates uh, such that, uh, that apply, usually what happens is your your loan payment is less than your electricity payment um, would have been in almost all cases. So it's kind of a do-you-want-to-rent-or-own type of situation. Um, again, there are some options where you don't have to pay any money up front, uh, especially when you get into larger business and commercial applications. But this is one of the areas where policy and uh, continuing the federal tax incentives for the entire nation uh, help, make this, uh, help make this doable for everybody uh, on the front end. So you don't have to put you know, so much down, if anything.
0: Right. Now, and you talked about policy earlier and that being really a, an important driving issue behind this. I mean, how, how exactly does the policy impact the standards here?
1: Well, you, you, every utility has its own rate structure. Some are a little more favorable to solar than others. Uh, we continue to work. I've worked within the, the CALSEA and um, some of the PV trade alliances, uh, Public Utility Commission, California Energy Commission, and others, to help um, help them understand what works for solar and what doesn't. Sometimes they get, they drift off a little bit and we've been successful in keeping it lined up, but the, uh, it, it does vary uh, utility by utility and uh, some areas, like I'm in the Bay Area, we don't have necessarily large air conditioning demands, but if you're in the Central Valley or the North Valley or, or many other places in the US, that's a big part of your load. So your systems have to be designed for the home, for the business that they're going to serve, And also, you have to pay attention to what kind of rate schedules you
0: have and how those incentives apply to you individually. I'm curious too about the availability of qualified installers for. Now, I I think that SPG Solar, if I'm not mistaken, employs its own uh, staff of installers. Is that correct? Or are you working with outside contractors?
1: Uh, By and large, we install all of our own systems. Uh, We Currently, we have about 175 employees with nine facilities in California and now in Oregon and Arizona, and we continue to grow that staff. Uh, There are cases on large commercial projects where we will hire a firm to do civil grading work or perhaps drilling and concrete work. Um, I don't own a D10 Caterpillar, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I subcontract that work out and various others, but we do manage and and, uh, develop all our own projects. We don't flow contracts out to other people and just say you take care of it.
0: Do you think at a nationwide level that that's a factor at all? I'm just curious, you know, if, if the, the availability of qualified folks are – because, you know, it always comes down to distribution. I look at any industry, whether it's, you know, technology products or widgets or what have you. It seems like it's always about the folks who are in the trenches sort of pushing the technology and saying, hey, I can do this for you. I've done it before. I know. And, and they're the ones who are really, um, you know, proliferating a technology. Is that, do you think that that's happening nationwide or, or is that related in any way to the lack of deployment?
1: Well, I think certainly in California, because this is really where it got started in a larger way. There's other states uh, such as New Jersey and Colorado and a host of others, including Oregon and Arizona, where the markets now have policy that make it a a suitable market for people to start up businesses or or grow their businesses. And the training uh, that's available, California has some new programs for uh, real apprenticeships um, so that you can uh, you can actually go to courses for a period of time and, and get skilled, uh, not to mention NABCEP certifications, uh, certified electrician requirements, and a host of others. So there's more and more formal training, and it's taken a number of years to get there. But I think for the other states that are emerging with uh, suitable markets, the curve, the learning curve, is going to be much shorter. But they're still a little behind, just because the market wasn't ready there in their particular area. But I think it's going to ramp up quickly, and there's a lot more available, certainly online and just in the in the market in general. It, um, solar and alternative and renewable energy, um, you can see something every day uh, about it, whether you're looking in your local paper or you're watching the
0: news or whatever. So I, I think it's going to uh, the growth rate's going to be be a tremendous. Okay. Well, great. Well, we're going to be right back with Dan Thompson, who's the founder, president, and CEO of SPG Solar. We're talking on the current state of the solar industry and getting solar installed for your home or business. This is Green Talk Radio. Sean Daly. We'll be right back. Listen to Money, Mission, and Meaning. Passion at work, purpose at play. A weekly audio program bringing you success in the business of life on personallifemedia.com. Okay. And we're back on green talk radio. This is Sean Daly. I have with me today, Dan Thompson, who's the founder, president and CEO of SPG solar. You can find them online at spgsolar.com And we're talking about the current state of the solar industry and Dan, before the break, we were just talking about some of the, the underpinnings of the technology, the political issues and such and, and that facilitate or not the deployment uh, and the incentives for deployment in homes and businesses. Uh, one of the fascinating things a lot of people don't realize is that there are other technologies for which sustain or renewable energies like solar are the underpinning or, or enabler. Example, electric cars. People think electric cars are really green. Well, electric cars are not green (laughs) unless the energy for which you're charging the electric car is green. And if you're getting it from coal-based fuel, a a coal-based fuel source, that's not a green car. Um, The car may be, but it's really what's going on behind it. So can you talk to us a little bit about how solar ties into these other green or renewable products and services out there?
1: Well, I love the story of the electric car. I'll use that as an example. I I did a, a little bit of research on what the, uh, What it would take to charge my car um, if I had an electric car overnight. I currently have a 5-kilowatt system on my house. It it takes care of all my energy needs um, on a net-metered basis. It's not kilowatt per kilowatt. I sell it at 31 cents a kilowatt hour during the day, noon to 6, Monday through Friday, May through October. After peak hours, weekends, and holidays, I only pay 8.5 cents a kilowatt hour. So one of the key things is how utility rates work within the design and installation of a solar system when you have incentives, net metering, and these different tools. It's very important that the companies you work with understand this, and most most people do. Now, if I have an electric car, I figured I would only have to add six solar panels, which would be about another kilowatt, um, to my solar system to pay for fueling my car and charging it every night if necessary. And and when you back that out, I'm probably looking at about the equivalent of something along fifty cents a gallon. If I were to try to translate that over for fuel, uh, for the mileage I would receive and the cost. Again, I just charged it at home. I wouldn't have to go to the wouldn't have to go to the gas station. It would be net metered through my current uh, bill, and uh, kind of wash. It'll be a little different for everybody, but I love that scenario. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, they're very connected and it's, I think it's just important that people see the, the connection between uh, all these uses and I, and also in terms of capacity planning. Making sure that you're taking into account the future. If you're going to something like an electric car, as the availability ramps up, or or motorcycle, or scooter, or whatever it might be, uh, or other things like this, or for, for example, maybe uh, you know, uh, starting a business in your home, or anything where you're expanding, you have to do the correct capacity planning. So uh, definitely important to take in consideration when you're looking at how how many panels you're putting on your roof. Right. Right. Yeah, and the other thing that you mentioned too and I think it's important and this may be just limited to California, but I'll talk about it as as a a user of the technology. It was a little it was a little odd at first. It was a little change for us to be treated kind of like a mini power company, but it's actually kind of cool. My wife and I really enjoy it cuz we we do as you mentioned the true up at the end of the year where we we pay basically it's really we only pay once during the year and it's a true up of the net, you know, of the uh all the credits credits and debits as it were that happened throughout the year with what we put back on into the grid versus what we take out uh and we just had that happen for the first time um just a couple months ago and we were just blown away by it. i mean how how little it cost them. I mean, it was it was literally you know a couple of pennies a day um, for the entire year uh, and it was just amazing and it was much more convenient for us to deal with it that way and the paperwork was pretty straightforward uh, our installer helped us with that back when we originally installed it so uh, it's, it's a little bit different but it's it's really cool and it's actually I would say it's a less work and less paperwork in the long run at least from my experience.
1: Oh so yeah the net metering is an amazing tool and I love the true up myself I'm usually within $10 uh, debit or credit um, at the end of the year and that's less than one solar panel so we hit it right on the head uh, if your consumption patterns change dramatically, for instance, I don't have kids at home, they're grown, but if you've got kids at home during the summer and they have the TV on and the stereo going and the air conditioner running and the doors are open and they're running inside and out, you're, you're going to have a problem <laughs> because <laughs> you're going to use a yeah. lot of peak energy. Um, in a case like myself where I'm at work, uh, it's pretty pretty dormant at the aquarium going and you know cycling some uh, parasitic loads for chargers and things, but... Uh, That's all that's going on, so I get full credit uh,
0: during those hours. Yeah, great. Well, I'm I'm curious, too, about, can you tell us a little bit, maybe talk, uh, switching gears a little bit about the future uh, of these technologies, solar PV technologies? What kind of new technologies are solar integrators looking at right now? Well,
1: this is the exciting part. There's so much work going on. Uh, There's a lot of programs that are funded uh, to some degree, but it's basically driven by the by the private market uh, to get in and, and develop these new technologies. Um, Thin-film technology, which has been around for a while, but was had a rebirth uh, due to the silicon shortages. Of course, ramping up for silicon refineries has been taking place, and we're seeing more capacity come online. That will also result in a more competitive silicon market, which is what about 90% of the product out there is, today, but there's also high-concentrating uh, PV modules that may be a 500 to 1 concentration using a lot less of the collection material and capturing the light and there's low-concentrating collectors that may be a 3 to 1 different technology, same principle, uh, thin film again, some amorphous junctions, so a lot of different technologies um, uh, getting ready to be productized. I think by the end of 08 and certainly in the beginning of 09 we should see some market-ready uh, innovations come out, and hopefully, within the next you know couple years, we're going to see the prices start to drop off. And again, that's just one of the compelling reasons why policy and and a certain type of you know hopefully national uh, investment credits for a period of time are so important because the investment community has has put just gobs of money into this. We all see it. Uh, we have to do something, and solar is just a portion of it. But it is the one one uh, technology that everybody can take advantage of. Whether you're a homeowner or a business, um, it's, it can be. You can, as you pointed out, you can be your own power plant, and it is rewarding uh, to see the meter
0: go backwards and to net out your bill at the end of the day. Assuming you're in, you're a person who's fortunate enough, or a business who's fortunate enough to be able to qualify based on uh, the availability of sun in your area and your roof pitch and all these other things that go into the site analysis and making the determination of qualification for for solar, uh, you know, in any scenario, we've seen the biggest holdback be with regards to cost. Uh, so, and that's the you know the rap that uh, the rep I should say that uh, solar has gotten by from some people, and, and I don't know whether it's justified or not, but uh, certainly cost has been one of the things that um, detractors have pointed to. How are installers and integrators working together to to bring the cost of solar down for the average Joe?
1: Well, well that's a good question, and it's uh, we all kind of want to look to the solar technology itself, and and the the common uh, words that come out of everybody's mouth is if the panels were cheaper. Then we could afford it. However, that would make it more affordable, but it takes a little time. And different technologies, that's taking place in a big way right now. The other side of it is, is what we all have to deal with, and that's basically inflation cost of living. I mean, oil just hit $127 a barrel, and... You know, I'm looking at, it drives everything. It drives uh, mining processes, commodity prices, steel, aluminum, copper, all those fundamentals that go into construction of anything, in particular our industry and the fuel to drive around and do this and and conduct business. So while we're trying to maintain at least the same price and drop it, um, margins are getting squeezed at the integrator level, and and that's a a fact. Um, We... We can't we don't have the luxury of raising the prices just to cover um, increased costs because we're competing against the cost of energy, and as energy gets more expensive we'll see it on the other end where now the p v makes sense again um, and it could be from month to month, you know one month it looks good, and then uh I mean a year ago we were paying sixty dollars a barrel for oil, and so
0: All right the, yeah it's amazing yeah,
1: and people ask me, well, what is the cost going to be five years from now and if you can tell me what the cost of a gallon of gas is going to be five years from now, I can probably give you a pretty good beat on where this is going, but, but I don't know. I don't think it's going down Uh, that I feel pretty confident about.
0: Yeah. it would certainly seem uh, that that would be the case. It would be hard to imagine uh, if it did, it would be sort of more of a fluctuation than, than any sort of long-term reversing of a trend. Um, Right. So yeah. And supply and demand has always been the great
1: equalizer. Uh, We'll see more supply of PV products. We'll see the demand uh, continue to rise. And we'll see some, uh, really, economies of scale show up uh, and integration companies. And uh, you have to be local. You're still in the construction business. So that was why I was commenting on we're going to need a lot of people to make this cost effective at the local levels where the customers they serve um, reside.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just, this is sort of in the side to this topic, but, uh, or, or a tangent, but one of the things that I haven't heard people talk about is, you know, wrapping these types of projects like a solar PV installation into a refinance because a lot of people, you know, do remodels and, and end up refinancing their homes as a result of that. And we found in our case that it was a great time for us to do that. And uh, I encourage more people to look at that, especially with rates as low as they are right now. Um, although lenders are definitely not giving out money <laughs> the way they used to because of what's happened in, in, the, uh, in the credit market, in the mortgage market, in, in the housing market. But, um, you know, if you have that opportunity, it's certainly something to look at. Well,
1: and that's something that we've we've thought about in this in this market right now. A lot of the institutional banks and so on are having to reduce their exposure. If there's a line of credit out there for two hundred thousand dollars that you're not using, that's as good as money being loaned. They have to account for it that way. Um, so you're better off and a lot easier to refinance a new first at a with just one bank in there at the lower rate as an owner-occupied dwelling. You're going to get a better rate and better return and uh, eliminate your electric bill in in a lot of cases.
0: Dan, what do you guys say to people when they say, well, you know, okay, I'm looking at doing this, but but how long should I be in this house to really make this effective from uh, just looking at it from an ROI standpoint?
1: Well, uh, a quick story. Um, The appraiser's guides for real estate in California have a section in there on energy efficiency things, and for every dollar you save in energy, this real estate appraiser's guide appraises that apparatus, whatever it is, at $20. And so the example is, in my home, I spent $43,000 for a 5-kilowatt system. The incentives were about $20,000, so I spent $23,000. I offset a $2,000-a-year electric bill. That's post-taxes. Basically, had to earn about $3,000 a year to have $2,000 to pay my utility bill. When I refinanced my home, that system was appraised at $42,000. Now, mind you, I only paid 23 dollars for it. And I don't have an electric bill, and today that electric bill would be closer to $3,000. This is five and a half years Mm -hmm. later, and I would have to earn over $4,000 a year in wages in order to pay that bill because I can't deduct it on my home. So as long as I can afford to have it in equity, like you said, with a refinance or a second, it's going to be a lot less expensive than my energy bill, and it's not going to go up. It's going to stay the same. So I came out. I was twenty thousand dollars ahead the day I put it on the roof or on the ground. My app was to be on the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's several ways to look at it. And if you, and my house got appraised with the refinance at that that value in there. So there's, a, I see the value the day you you pull the trigger. Um, there's, there's equity and value in this. Yeah.
0: And, you know, another thing that's interesting, too, is people tend to think about it as an all-or-nothing proposition, but you can do a partial because anything's better. If you're feeding back into the grid and lowering your power bill, you know, it doesn't have to be 100%. I mean, even if you went into 50 or 75%, uh, you know, and in places where you might have wind and sun, you can start combining these technologies. I mean, there's no limit to the possibilities here.
1: Right. In California, now that we're on this tiered system, when you get up to tier 5, um, you definitely don't want to be there you can be paying a combined rate of up to Forty-eight cents a kilowatt hour. Uh, I, I've, I've been in
0: that tier, by the way, right before we deployed our system, and it was very painful. It was hard. We were we were close to a thousand dollars a month in, in power bills. Uh, it was it was yeah. brutal. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, we're going to take another last break here, and we'll be right back talking with Dan Thompson, who is the founder, president, and CEO of SPG Solar. They're a solar installer here in the, on the West Coast of the United States. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living, at personallifemedia.com. This is Sean Daly. We're back on Green Talk Radio talking on solar PV energy with Dan Thompson, who's the founder, president, and CEO of SPG Solar in Nevada, California, not too far from us, actually, about 20 minutes down the road. Dan, so uh, we were talking uh, on you know the, the specifics of the financial side of the installations and things like that, but I wanted to sort of take a step back for a second and ask you a question about, you know, is there a separation here between the energy efficiency markets and the energy pr- production markets with regards to solar? Oh,
1: yeah, that's a good question, Sean. Uh, our opinion and my background, I spent 20 years in the electrical industry building. Uh, we did a lot of work in energy efficiency, and currently... That is the most cost-effective way to reduce anybody's energy bill. It doesn't matter who you are or where you live. Um, however, in the technologies that we're dealing with, such as you know wind, solar, and others, uh, we're primarily driven to to create more energy through renewable or alternative alternative energy methods. But in the real world, uh, when you get down to it, we have a tagline here called "Reduce Then Produce." Uh, I believe wholeheartedly that any building. Uh, homes are a little bit more difficult to do because it, it is your home and you have certain things that you like to do, but in a business situation, uh, going through and doing energy audits and looking at energy efficiency measures will ultimately reduce reduce the size of a solar system uh, sometimes significantly and then lowering the cost of eliminating or substantially reducing your electric bill. So energy efficiency from insulation to lighting to to switching and uh, variable frequency drives and all kinds of other apparatus are absolutely the best best investment up front. We like to bundle that with a production model, too, so we're able to give that analysis uh, to individual um, clients and see if that works for them. But, uh, yeah, that's the best way to go to begin with and then uh, then look at producing your own energy.
0: You know, I'm really glad you brought that point up, too, because you, you reminded me of something that that was what, what our installer told us when they first met with us is that, listen, I could sell you, I could look at your capacity and sell you a huge system that's going to match your current uh, capacity or in usage, but that's not going to make sense because the first thing I want to do is help you with your usage and reducing it being energy efficient and that's the first place you should start. And so we actually employed and we, we just changed the way we started thinking and we reduced our energy bill by 40% just based on efficiency. And it's not like we're not living in the dark or the cold or the heat or the, you know, we we didn't ruin our way of life. We just got smarter and started thinking and woke up a little bit and we literally reduced that bill. So that then, you know, changed the capacity we were building for by 40%, which has a direct and very significant translation to what's being spent on these systems. So I'm really glad you said that because I think that's a very important point.
1: No, that's absolutely true, and, you know, uh, living in California, we've seen the, the water shortages and everything, and when people say you need to conserve anything, the first thing we think of is, oh, what am I going to have to do without? And uh, that's not necessarily true. You you made a very good point. It's Sometimes it's just the way we think, and it's everything from all the little tips that we hear, but they work, and they work quite well. And, uh, matter of fact, yesterday we were here, we hit 100 degrees here in Nevada yesterday, and at three o'clock, I told uh, some coworkers in the morning. I said, "You know, the independent system operators that order up the megawatts for demand uh, in California through these utilities is probably not prepared for this because it came on pretty quickly." Mm-hmm. But sure enough, we had a we had a blackout in our whole business park at three thirty in the afternoon. Wow! And everything dumped, and we were just talking about this. So it's again, it's uh, it's another indication that. You know we're not immune, and 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 I had been turning off stuff all day long just to try to do my part around here. But uh, when it gets push comes to shove, um, you know we're gonna have to conserve it or
0: we're gonna lose it. Yeah, and it's gonna take
1: everybody. Everybody needs to be involved.
0: Right. No man is an island, uh, nor any business uh, or family correct so one last question for you what would you say we you talked a little bit earlier about you know trying to forecast the future and and the difficulty inherent in that but uh, let me see if i can ask you this what is the current climate of this industry and where if you can would you forecast at least the the solar industry to be in in five or even ten years
1: yeah i get asked this quite a bit um uh, there's not really a solid answer. The one thing I am convinced, I started this business uh, about seven and a half years ago um, in 2001, March. Two weeks after I started, the dot bomb hit Mm -hmm. and the market started to crash. Six months after that we had 9-11 and I never stopped looking at what we were doing and where we were going and just kept showing up. And I think that this industry is going to be um, explosive. In fact, the growth is Almost incomprehensible, in my opinion, of where this is going to go through necessity through through cost savings, just through financial um, incentives, um, or in just good common sense uh, and I don't think we even have a we're even ready for it, but our company has grown tremendously over the years, and we're just one group, and there's hundreds if not thousands of groups pursuing, and there's going to need to be thousands more and i think this this uh, industry in the us is uh, this is what, one of the markets that everybody on the globe is looking at as the potential solar market to drive business and investment for many, many years to come.
0: Yeah, and micro- California really is a microcosm for, for this industry and, and for a lot of things and, and sort of an incubation tank, as it were, uh, that the, the rest of the country tends to look at in terms of, well, how did that go in California in, in paving the way? And so, you know, I know that uh, SPG has been a huge part of that, uh, one of the larger installers in the state and, and really driving and promoting these technologies, and I make no bones about the fact that I'm a huge proponent of solar as, as well as other technologies, but I, I really love solar and right. i put my money where my mouth is. So, you know, we wish you much success with SPG solar, uh, certainly wishing the industry success. It's a viable technology. Uh, personally, I'm hoping that the, the advancements, the infusion of cash from into Silicon Valley and from Silicon Valley, um, and other places, uh, is going to, you know, help accelerate. And maybe we'll get some of the Moore's law things that happen in tech, uh, to happen in solar so that we can, you know, see even greater technologies and efficiencies in the future.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure, and I, we're also looking forward to, to just a, a tremendously bright future
0: in this industry. Great. Well, we would love to have you back in the future to continue talking to us about the current state of the industry, things, new technologies and things like that, and keeping our listeners updated if you'd uh, be willing to come back. Absolutely. My door's open. Great. Well, Dan Thompson has been my guest today. He is the founder, president, and CEO of SPG Solar. You can find them online at spgsolar.com or www.spgsolar.com. Dan, thanks again. Thank you, Sean. And thank you to everyone out there listening in today on Green Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.